the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Welcome to the show. This is another episode of The Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This episode is number 367 for Wednesday, the 27th of January. 2016. My name is Edwin Herman and for the first time this year, the show is co-hosted by Brett King. Welcome to the show, Brett. Hello, hello. Hey, happy new year to you. Happy new year to you too. Thank you. How was your Christmas and all that and, and the the break? I did absolutely nothing. It was great. Good. That's exactly what people should be doing. Well, not that I'm one to dictate that, but you know, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> doing nothing is a good thing, right? Indeed. Uh, and, and now you Having feel some time ref- to do absolutely nothing is a great thing. And I, I take it you feel nice and refreshed, ready for the year ahead? Oh, I'm knackered now, though. Oh, <laughs> already? Yeah. That didn't take long. <laughs> now, I heard, I heard you're, you're, you're training for Round the Bays. Mm. Yeah. You're going to take part. Have you done yes, it before? But Have you done it before? No. What, what, made you, what made you decide to do that? Ah, uh, work. There's a work <laughs> so, team going in. Uh, so you're feeling the, the, the pressure there to be a, <laughs> be, a, be a team player, right? Indeed. I was, think, <laughs> I was thinking of doing round. Are you walking or running? Oh, I'm walking. Jeez, running. I was gonna, well, I was going to say, I thought that, that's quite a big step for you, Brett, you know. Yeah, um, indeed. Have <laughs> seen me run? No. No. But okay. I will walk briskly. Well, I was thinking of doing it as well. It's How long is the walk? How long is it? In, uh, in kilometers? Six and a half kilometers or something. Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe? Six and a half k. I don't know. Yeah, okay. That's a number that comes to my mind but that might just be because that's the current distance that we're using as our uh Uh, training yeah yeah okay i'll have to look it up because i was thinking of doing that as well Mm. so we'll see i uh, i gotta you know figure out you know (laughs) you can be one of any other people who join and beat me (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know. You, you, you know, if you're you, if you're doing regular training, you know, you may well you may well uh, do better than you think. Hopefully, that's the plan, Hopefully. at least. Good, excellent, excellent. All right, Brett, let's kick off the show. Uh, there wasn't a lot this week, and I'll look. I I scour, It's another one of those weeks, and I hate to say, it, but I I scoured the stories on many, many websites and news feeds trying to find something interesting. And so, you know, like we tend to do on the show when it's a quiet week, we don't just fill the content with filler stories because that just produces a boring show. I just managed to pick out two uh, somewhat interesting stories that I thought were a little different. And the first one is about a new gas pedal, an accelerator, as it's called in many other countries. Uh, you know, so we're talking about in a vehicle here uh, with haptic feedback. I wondered how long that was going to take. Yeah, yeah. 
we're, we're getting haptic feedback in a, a lot of different devices and they've been putting it into, you know, military aircraft and that sort of thing. It was only a matter of time with all of the, the rest of the electronic stuff and drive-by-wire and yada, yada, yada uh, being put into regular vehicles that we got some haptic feedback on a gas pedal. This is actually something uh, designed by Bosch. It hasn't appeared in any uh, production vehicle yet, but the expectation is that it will. Why indeed, would well, Bosch is a major automotive parts supplier. So it is, yeah, it anything is that it's developed, it's probably talking to its supplier, you know, the, the automakers that it supplies to about things that they might want or things they might be looking at. So why would car manufacturers be interested in a gas pedal with haptic feedback? Well, what is a big thing that uh, car manufacturers are supposed to, and I put those in finger quotes because we've had the the recent examples of people not, of car manufacturers not, um, that they're supposed to be watching out for, their emissions and their fuel economy and all of that sort of stuff. And a haptic feedback um, accelerator pedal means that they can have their car uh, remind you if you're being a little lead lead footed in an area where you don't need to be lead footed or you know you're you're being a little over aggressive in an area or they can link it to all kinds of other things by feeding it into their navigation system etc and have it give you and you know uh, a, a light response to tell you that wait a minute you're about to enter a school area you should probably ease off a bit <laughs> or if you're entering into a corner too fast could it yeah could you pretty much anything where your your um actions on the gas pedal are counter to the uh you know rules of the area that you're in if you're using the gps navigation system or counter to the way that the car is attempting to behave or the the forces going on the the vehicle itself, then it can give you feedback to let you know that, you know, maybe you should back off a bit on this or any other manner way of giving feedback for different things. So the two themes I'm picking up here are fuel economy, which if you like, environmental friendliness. Yeah, and and economic friendliness because you can save yourself a hell of a lot of money if you drive. A little more efficiently. Right, okay. So those two kind of go together somewhat. Mm-hmm. But, and also safety was the other one. Yeah. Great. So you know what? Uh, the, I guess we've had haptic feedback in steering wheels of video games. Indeed. Often in the um, the connected chairs that you can get for video games, you can get oh, um, yeah. haptic, fee- you can get haptic feedback on that. All kinds of other devices, peripherals in video gaming have been given haptic feedback. So now we're starting to see this stuff creep into into, into vehicles. You know, um, I remember spending many, many hours at one of the gaming places in town in the mid-90s playing Daytona linked up with a, a <laughs> bank of eight. Yes. And, and that was my, I guess, my first experience with haptic feedback in a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you know, but there the, the haptic feedback is, is trying to make it more realistic and experience to you, letting you feel vibration through the the steering wheel and through the the seat and all that sort of stuff to give you the idea that you're in an actual car making those making those things. Whereas this is using that feedback to to provide you with 
additional specific sorts of information, not just the the you know the regular sort of feedback that you'd get through the car well, steering column, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So so this is if you like to change your um haptic feedback systems into car steering wheels and that for for a while now, especially with the the drive by wire systems, because uh, a driver using, you know, fully power steering um doesn't get any of the sense of motion and the feedback from the from the drive shaft that you would get in a, a you know a vehicle with straight through steering and right. so they've for a while they've had different cars where the steering column will provide you with the same sort of feedback that you would get from an actual fully connected steering column even though you're actually driving with an electronic steering column well it's only electronic assist cars have to still have a a direct yeah, connection the, with the electric assist has, has right it takes away had, that feedback yeah, had right smoothed out so much yeah like okay that's mm. you couldn't get any of that same sort of feedback that you would normally yeah. get through and, and, through and, the and you know when you so they added in haptic feedback into the steering column to right okay put back that sort of feedback and you know where you notice it the most is where you go go kart indoor go kart racing for an hour and then you jump into your car and everything slushy and smooth and yep. silky yeah because everything is because <laughs> you're so you're so used to you know the cart steering system that mm. you know, when you get Where to your car everything's like bouncy and because slushy you've got a direct direct yeah. piece of metal connecting your hands straight to the wheels you feel the, all the vibrations directly yeah and you can feel when your tires are gripping you can feel when they're starting to slip all that sort of direct feedback through the the steering column and through your body in the in the vehicle, whereas with all of the the, the dampeners and the power assist and all that sort of stuff, your your modern cars are 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 taking that away from the driver, and so in a lot of them they're putting that back in through these haptic systems. So look back to this pedal. Uh, you mentioned Bosch is a major automotive part supplier. What are some of the big brands that they supply? Well, they supply the big German brands, uh, the big German brands that were in the news recently, Volkswagen. Um, but they also supply BMW, Mercedes, Porsche, all the ones under that, the, the same umbrellas as those, I would, su- okay. I would suppose, because, you know, all of those own many, many different car labels. Right. So those, uh, but even those labels, if you like, those uh, makes of vehicles, we may see these pedals being introduced into these vehicles at some point, I, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing. Point. Mm. All right, cool so when you think, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, a great way yeah, totally. to do it because they're putting all sorts of, you know, alert systems and feedback systems into vehicles, and a lot of them are visual, a lot of them are auditory, and a lot of them can be really intrusive and disruptive and well, annoying. You know, <laughs> and so, yeah, exactly, having yeah, systems yeah. which are less annoying to the driver are systems that the driver is going to more readily appreciate and engage with and respond to. The fact of the matter is computers are far better drivers than humans. Same with planes. You know, the autopilot system is far safer than an actual pilot. Until uh, it fails. Uh, until, yeah, until and then you want the pilot. Of course. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, But and it's the same with you know vehicles. Same. Same thing. So while 
while the vast majority of the time they're going to be better at doing those things, you would still never trust it without a person. No, yeah, exactly. That's why nobody would ever fly in a pilotless aircraft. I, I think, you know what, I think it will happen one day. Mm, I think it will take a massive, massive shift. Well, in, you know, it, but people used to say the same about other modes of transport, like trains, and now we have driverless trains. We don't have fully driverless trains. Well, Docklands Light Railers is, is fully driverless. Which one? Docklands Light Rail in London. Really? Hmm. I was on there in 2005. That's 10 years ago now. It was, it was driverless then. Oh, we sat right up the front where the driver would be. There's nothing there. There are then seats. Are they actually driverless or are you just having the driver no longer on that vehicle, but instead in a control room, controlling it still, monitoring it? Oh, I see what you're saying. Because uh, I think I, within actually, that, that system, you will find a person somewhere. There'll be a person somewhere who has the ability to stop the system. I'm not sure. I assume it was completely autonomous, but it, it may be that I, I'm not sure what the control systems are, whether there is a uh, a remote. I'd have to look. It'll be on Google. By the time, you know, by the time this uh, podcast goes out, uh, people would have Googled it and probably emailed us to tell us. But anyway... I think we've done the the haptic feedback story. I want to move on to uh, mornings and uh, Microsoft's new concept, Alarm Clock for Android. They've built this app just to demonstrate some of the machine learning aspects that can be leveraged from its Project Oxford uh, framework. So they've produced this alarm clock. And, you know, the, the, the thing with alarm clocks is that they're often too easy to snooze you know you hit the snooze button and you snooze for for 10 minutes and then you it goes off again and you hit snooze again and so on and before you know it you're late and you may as well not have had the alarm clock mm-hmm. so what they've designed is a a system that lets you choose some challenges that you need to perform in order to activate the snooze in other words to get the alarm to pause, to postpone the alarm. Uh, And there's three different types of things you can do. You can mimic an expression that is described on the screen. You can take a photo or, you know, point the camera to a a, a theme color that the app chooses, or you need to speak a a tongue twister that the app provides for you. (laughs) Which sounds really weird, but it's kind of cool. It is. yeah, and you get to choose which of those three. If you can choose all of them, if you like, you know that that you want to do. So you're, if you like, challenging challenging yourself. You're you're making that the challenge for yourself as a sort of a way of self managing this all too easy to snooze situation. I think this would be good for you, Brett. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't know. You're not a morning person, are you? No, no, I'm not a morning person at all. And if I. You know, if I have to get up early, then don't expect a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I may be there, but I won't be there. <laughs> I think the expression one would be great. You should try that. You should get that, Brett, and do the expression one where it says mimic a happy face or mimic a surprised face or mimic a worried face, and you have to do that expression into the camera before it lets you turn the alarm off. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. I think I would have turned the phone off. 
Yeah, yeah, it'll be in a glass of water, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> or out the window or something. Oh, no, I wouldn't do anything <laughs> destructive like that. My phone was far too expensive for that. Ah, well. <laughs> yeah, but I would I turn suppose. it off. <laughs> it's kind of cool, though, eh? So it is, I, I, it I is. like this. It's, and this it's y- came out of Microsoft's, what do they call it? Um, Project Oxford. Yeah, Project Oxford. Oh, the yeah. different, uh, yeah. it's a... It's basically a proof of concept for the different um, interactive APIs of, of Project Oxford coming out of the Microsoft Garage or, you, you know, yeah, they're kind it. of yeah. out there research area. Yeah. And so it, it demonstrates for, you know, so developers can, you know, can look at this app and, and, and get some inspiration for their apps. You know, things like, you know, where where the, the, the app says find something green and you need to go and t- and point the camera and get a snapshot of something green. It's machine learning that, you know, that provides the service that that looks at what's on the camera and decides, does it match, you know, uh, is that something green or is it something yellow? Is it something stripey or is it something whatever? Mm. Uh, And same with the faces, facial recognition, you know, is this a happy face we're seeing in front of the camera or is it a worried face? Is it a sad face? Is it a surprised face? face that's all machine learning and so those all those services are provided within project oxford uh, ready for developers to build on and this app as you said brett is a is a proof of concept to show developers the kinds of things you can do without having to develop that all that uh, machine learning yourself it's in the framework mm-hmm. in project oxford hmm. i just like the app if i had an android phone i think i'd probably get it just for fun yeah and it's a perfect way to de- demonstrate those different systems in a fun and functional way. Yeah, yeah, and a simple way because yeah. you know, they're, and they're exactly. opening up. You know, they're opening up the source code for their for their app, so that developers can look and see how the different APIs interact and how how it's used within the app. And uh, an alarm clock app is a pretty simple app. So it yeah. should be pretty easy to to look through and see how it all works, how, see how those APIs are put into action. Yeah, that's right. I've downloaded the source code from GitHub. I haven't trawled through it yet, but it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty compact. Anyway, Brett, look, those are the two stories I found. Unlike other podcasts, we're not going to fill the rest with filler stories because that's not our style. We leave it there. We sign off. And, uh, and we do it again next time. So, Brett, I want to thank you very much for co-hosting episode number 367. Not a problem, man. And also uh, your first for 2016. Indeed. All right. Thank you very much once again and to our listeners as well. And I'll see you again next time. Till then, have yourselves a safe and, uh, a safe and wakeful week in the morning with your app, with your alarm clock app. And see you next time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye.